Radio Call-In Show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive on Fan Run Radio. It's Russell Smith punching the time clock Wednesday afternoon edition of the show. Thanks for being along for the ride today. Tennessee basketball tonight. Lots going on. Voluntary reaction afterwards. Set the stage for you here this afternoon on the show. Tom Brady is hung it up again. Thank God. Second best quarterback ever. Hats off to him. Enjoy your (laughs) retirement, Tommy. Enjoy it. Oh, man. You loser. Oh, well, oh. that's probably a little strong. Ozzy Osbourne, too. He's retiring from touring. Yeah. I'm stunned that he's made it this long. I never saw him. Ozzy. You ever see Ozzy? Yeah. I'm trying to think. What do you mean, yeah? Is it yes or no? Yeah, I've seen him twice. There's a Prince of Darkness. You can't return anymore. I'm too old. He sounds good live, man. I had to listen to some Sabbath this morning when I saw that news. I was cranking out the jams at home. Listening to nothing like listening to Sabbath is in my bathrobe and my slippers as I sip coffee and scan the morning sports news. Real rock and I roll. I right realized there. that <laughs> "Changes" was a Sabbath song and not an Aussie song for the longest time. I I can't spot that one off the top of my head. Changes. Mm-mm. I know change, David Bowie. No, that's what I was going to say. That's what I think of. That's a good song. Uh, it's it pretty good. It's not as good as uh, I don't think it's as good as Ozzy's or Sabbath's. Them changes by uh, who did it? Was it Billy Miles? Buddy Miles? What's Who's that? The Band of Gypsies guy. Who was the ba- Oh, Hendrix. Yeah, it was Buddy. It was Billy Cox and Buddy Miles, right? I don't know. I, I I was convinced I knew it until you started throwing I out think, names. I think his Buddy Miles was the show. drummer. My mind's been going through them changes. That's a great tune right there. Hmm. Vols minus five and a half tonight at Florida. I'll tell you what I'm looking for is I'll, I'll just be watching Camwa really closely tonight. I, I think tonight's big for him. See if you can put two together. Yeah, and, like, I, I don't – again, he doesn't have to go for 27 tonight. But this is going to be an interesting test for him, in my opinion, because they're going to – you know, they're, they're going to be keen on him because, again, this, this is all about scouting reports this time of year. The Florida coaches will have watched that Texas film closely and said, all right, this is where he likes the ball. This is what he's going to do. They've got a big guy in Castleton that, that is – going to be matched up with him assuming we go with the small ball lineup so he's going to have to deal with that length and and Florida's best player don't need 27 I mean it would be nice if he went off again but he can't disappear yeah he's got to be able to go out there and get you at least double digits like I I think he will I I would take 10 points right now like if you give me 10 and 5 out of Olivier that's setting the bar extremely low right yeah we're not talking about a double-double. No, but but if you give me 10 points, five rebounds against Florida on the road, like that's what we, – we've got to have some consistency. People keep using that word, but that's what it is, man. 
Well, I mean, our, our starters all need to be getting close to double-digit points. And, and typically they are. Like the guys who play over 15 minutes are all averaging between 8 and 12 points a game for Tennessee. So, And we'll have a couple of people that will, you know, go off, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe we will. I mean, typically we don't. Typically we have just that nice, solid, balanced effort. Like what we saw against Texas where – Camois and Ziegler both go for 20. I haven't seen that too often this year. So we just need that nice balanced effort is kind of what I'm looking for this evening. The other one, uh, Saturday down south, had this note today. The magic number is 71. Tennessee gets to 71. They are 13-0 this year. When they score under 71 points, they're Mm -hmm. 5-3. Get to 71, we're all good. And again, not asking that that is not an offensive juggernaut output. That's 71 points is pretty average college basketball score. I think that speaks to Tennessee's defense. We're you're generally not scoring 70 against Tennessee. We get to 71 points tonight. Ball game. Yeah. Or if we I, once we get out like 15 points in front of somebody, uh, I really start relaxing. It just, you know, and that's not always been that way. It's not always been that way with Barnes. Yeah. And we've given up some big leads, but. No, I'm the same way. Like, against Texas, they started creeping back in, got it down to 10, I think. Yeah, but still. I was never really, I was like, guys, come on, man. Like, really, let's do this. But it, it was never like a panicky, like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. here we go again. It was just like, come on. Well, they had that, on. what precipitated that was that uh, Vescovy doing the hook and hold. And I think that ended up being like a four or five point swing by the time that was all done with, because the guy hit both free throws, and then they hit, they got the ball back and scored again. So suddenly it went from fourteen or fifteen to ten. You think that's what Stackhouse was talking about with Vescovy? About what him did, pushing things really oh, right yeah, to the yeah, edge. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's, Stackhouse for all, and we're going to talk about him later, I'm sure, but. <sighs> Golly. Like, out of everybody, like, I'm sure he notices. I think Vescovy's a little dirty, probably. A I little? Mean, I don't know what kind of situation he grew up in in Uruguay, but you hear about, like, the Brazilians, the Argentinians growing up playing soccer in the streets with bare feet and stepping Those on kids broken are a little bit bottles rough. and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, a little bit tougher down there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're crazy. It seems like he's got a nice family from, I, I don't know, maybe he was growing up behind a closed gate. Whatever. It, uh, I like having a tough guy, a uh, crafty, crafty guy. Crafty, yeah, it's like, that's what, well, it's like people uh, will tell you, it. like John Stockton, uh, Dennis Rodman, and, and others have said, like he was the, you talk about the 80s and the physical and everything. Oh, nice guy, John Stockton with oh, his no, nice haircut from hell. Spokane. Dirtiest player in the game. Yeah. Just throwing elbows. like, And you never saw it. Yeah, I can't think of a dirty play of John Stockton ever made specifically yeah but people say it happened all the time like he's just he's going through there and he's throwing elbows punching people doing whatever he can yeah underneath the radar i think it's harder to get away with it now because everything's in like 8k and there's a lot more cameras so it's easier to catch this stuff now santis was slick now i saw it i mean they only showed it one time but as soon as you saw it like i knew i was like man he hooked and held that guy took him all the way down I'm kind of surprised Nate Oates did stack like that last night. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know if they called off the dogs or, or whatever. But what, They shot 
unbelievable. That's what you do. That's what that's putting a guy out of his misery, man. I, like I don't know if you come back from that. I, I don't know if Wade there's Houston some didn't sort come of come back from his from at the hands. Well, yeah, he of did. He had he had one more year, but I don't know if there's some sort of bad blood between Nate Oates and Stack. Maybe the Brandon Miller recruitment or another player out of the Mid State Bama recruits there a lot. But that's like usually I never see Rick Barnes doing that to anybody, beating him by what was it sixty points. Almost fifty-seven. Yeah, it was almost. We gotten who do who we beat some pe- we beat some teams down by like uh, 40 SEC plus. teams. No, I mean like that. That's a different level. Like seriously, I mean I know Stat got the big contract, but what extension the hell are they before the to do? season? But like that to me, that's a you're, you've lost your team. Players are losing faith. If I'm a fan, and we've seen. Their crowds, they're not drawing many people to those games lately. But like if 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 I'm a fan, if I'm an administrator there, I'm like, man, I don't know. What are we doing? He scored fifteen points in the first half. So beating by fifty seven. Let's 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 look deep. I noticed it last night. Um, let me go to the their percentages. I mean, it was unreal what they shot what they shot from three. I mean, they shot 59% overall, 46% from three. I mean, they just, yeah, I mean, they went 19-41 from three and 36-61 from the field. I mean, usually when uh, a game gets like that and it's just out of hand and there's usually by 10 minutes, certainly by five minutes, you put in the walk-ons and you tell, hey, guys, back off like we're not gonna let them score we're gonna play right. hard defense but we're gonna work the shot clock we're not going for the thunderous dunk or anything we're, we're getting out of here we're taking the air out of the ball whatever you want to call it and again i didn't watch the game maybe they tried to do that and vanderbilt was just that bad couldn't take advantage of it yeah i mean he alabama played 14 players like they played their entire bench here's where it happened i mean vanderbilt Went three for 30 from three, shot 10%, and 25% from two. But still, you gave up 101 points. Well, yeah, because Alabama couldn't miss. Gurley Which is indicative five. to me of a team that quit. Oh, geez, they had four. Their starting five, their lowest score in the starting five was 18, Bradley. Everybody else, 21. Clowney had 21. Brandon Miller had 27. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Badaco, Badaco, Bediaco, Bediaco had 21. Sears had 20. God, grief, man. Hell, Griffin on their bench had 20. Gurley had 15. To me, uh, coming out. To me, the story here is coming out of it. Yes, Bama rebounds from the loss, and rumors of their demise are greatly exaggerated. But to me, it's more about Vanderbilt and taking that kind of beatdown and what it says about their program. Keep in mind, we're not talking about Vanderbilt football here. This is basketball. They've been good in that sport. They've had a decent program. Yeah, and they've just totally lost their way. I mean, it wasn't year in and year out, but more often than not, I mean, they were in the mix at at tournament time, had a shot at it. Yeah, I don't think they've won three conference games. I think they're like three and five now in the league, something like that. They don't. I don't. Maybe, maybe so that was maybe a little bit surprising. Yeah, 
was a little surprising to see them just lay down like that. Joe Rexroad is coming up from the game and the athletic. He's there in Nashville. I'm sure they're consumed with Titans talk uh, this time of year. But he'll have some thoughts because, man, I, I remember. I'm going to ask him about this. But I've never been a believer in the Stackhouse hire from the beginning. To me, that just seemed like um, – I know. I guess it's become in vogue. You hire these former players and just hope that whether it's Dion in football or Penny Hardaway, non-traditional hires, guys who don't have right. a ton of coaching background, but it's a big name, and you just hope you can get some momentum going. We're like, we're like Bethune Cookman hiring Ed Reed. You had minimal experience in foot in football. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's it, just a different sport. That struck me as one of those type hires from the beginning. You give it a couple of years and i remember i asked rexy i think last year maybe maybe even the year before when it wasn't going well I'm like is that seat warm at all and rex kind of like he didn't get snippy with me but he was just very he's like oh no no it's it's year two like this is jerry stackhouse he's gonna be fine and you got to give him some time to get the players in there it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Talking about Stackhouse, this is kind of off, but I, I just watched it like over the weekend. Um, so you remember in Sopranos, the, the episode chasing it where Tony could not win a bet? Vaguely. Right before, uh, you know, that whole thing with Christopher. Whatever happened there. Yeah. Anyhow, he's uh, sitting at, I don't know if it's Bing or if, it, or if it's at the casino watching the TV, and Stackhouse is the one that scores a three at the end of the game to cost uh, – to make him lose a bet i just thought it was funny that's great so through year four of stackhouse he's won 43 percent of his games overall he's 49 and 66 16 and 45 in the league he's won 26 percent of his league games yeah they don't but it's like davy davy says it all the time on vr and it, they don't whatever changes they they underwent in the past 10 years with their athletic department uh, you having a Marcus moment over there? Did your mouth I don't stop know, man. working? Like, there's something. On, <coughs> this bottle is like leaking oh, on me. Did you? Did you? Did your mouth stop no, working? My, and the my liquor mouth just fall out. Oh. <laughs> Thought uh, that's, that's my... still the weirdest thing. One of the weirder things that's ever no, been you, on there. No, it's it's if you look. We're not. We don't need to get bogged down in it. I, I will. Bear doesn't want to take an off ramp. He just told you his story about the stack house. No, on the that's one too many. We're, we're running out <laughs> of time here. I want you to finish your thoughts. Let's not get before you spilled water all over yourself. I don't know. I mean, it's the second time it's happened. I spilled some water on myself. Okay, like leaky cut. Like I didn't have the lid screwed on right. tight enough, so I tightened it up. Took another sip just now. A couple minutes. Uh, threaded on the same thing. The streak is it, really is, is guess, over, isn't it? I guess it? so. Streaks really well, over. You're spilling I mean, everything. I'd rather have water than mustard. Mustard. This will be okay. <laughs> we have <laughs> – it's National Signing Day. Uh, uh, we aren't signing anybody. No. Well, some walk-ons, I guess. Is it National Gorilla Suit Day? Is that right? What? What do you, you expect me to say to that? Like, oh, yeah, it is. Thanks for reminding me, Bear. Damn it. I forgot my gorilla suit. One day a year to wear the gorilla suit, and I forgot. I've worn one. Really? Mm hmm. I could see that. Joe Rex Road coming up next. Stay with us. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Back with more right after this.
Welcome back. The drive continues. Fan Run Radio, 105.7 FM, 1340 AM. Streaming online, fanrunradio.com, your free Fan Run app. Russell Smith at your service. Baron Marcus along with me this afternoon. And we go for the first time today to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines where Joe Rexrode of The Athletic and 102.5 The Game in Nashville is standing by. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you, sir? Hey, Russell. Doing great. How are you? Hey, doing very well. Hope you are, too. It, uh, You know, it's you got to love the NFL. we got one game left to play, but there's just always stories going on. Tom Brady has hung it up again. I noticed uh, great minds think alike. I tweeted something like, uh, you'll be back, and I saw you tweeted something uh-huh. seri- uh, similar. What do you think? Is Brady, is it for real this time, or do you think that we should take more of a wait-and-see approach? Yes, I did tweet that. I, I mean, I don't think I believe that. You know, I, mean, I think it's I think it's real. You know, I said today on our show, like if, if he does this again, this be, starts becoming an SNL skit. You know, um, so, well, it comes Brett Favre, right? Yeah, that's true. Right, right. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure. I, I'm 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 certain that we will hear in the near future about this team or that team or multiple teams who are attempting to make it not real. But, yeah, man, I mean, <clears throat> I would hope that that was uh, sincere uh, and well thought out by him. And he, he's well aware that we've already done the entire farewell tour for him, which, of course, you know, he spiked last year. I mean, it's crazy to me that <clears throat> he would do this with his marriage blown up, I reportedly, you know, I'm, largely because he came back it's like well if that's gonna if that's gonna get screwed up i mean play until you can't play anymore now but um but also man i watched quite a bit of him this year and um i understand the numbers look pretty good in the end they won the division he's you know he's he's diminishing a bit as a player which you would certainly think would be the case at this age It's, it's an incredible career but i think some of this is already on the wall the reality of his skills eroding a little bit yeah, who among us would not want to get divorced to go eight and nine with the Bucks one last time around? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was worth it. I'm sure he got paid. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 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 chasing the ring. Yeah, I, I'm with you though. I, I think the skills have eroded. It will be interesting to see, you know, once he's his body's recovered from the long season, and like you said, he's fielding some phone calls. I don't think he'll want to play behind uh, the Titans' offensive line, even if they do rebuild it there. But if there's a better organization, uh, 49ers come to mind, that is in need of a quick fix at quarterback, I mean, that's going to be hard to say no to. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, again, if if he even considers it, then – then I really have to start wondering, like, maybe people need to take his phone away from him. You know, he needs to go on restriction. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like, no, you didn't have to do this. The decision wasn't due today at all, you know. So, <laughs> but, uh, I, again, yeah, we'll, we'll hear about that. And if I'm those teams, um, well, certainly I did expect the Titans to, you know, to make a, to, to at least consider the possibility. And I thought that the Niners might make a run, too. I'm sure some teams will call them. I know he's still unpacking his bags and everything, but are there any early signs of which way the Titans might be heading, you know, just big picture-wise with the new Carthon-Vrabel partnership? 
Um, well, you know, the quarterback, a lot was made that Ryan Carthon's intro presser that he was very, you know, noncommittal about Ryan Tannehill. I don't think much as much would have been made about that had he not sort of all but confirmed he can't wait to, like, you know, get to work with Derrick Henry. You know? but, but to me, it's still like you have to be noncommittal on your quarterback if you're whoever comes in to this situation because, look, I still think, well, I think even more. I'd put it about 80% that Ryan Tannehill is the Titans quarterback um, next season in light of today's news. Uh, and I, and even before today's news, I, definitely by far the most likely scenario. But, um, you know, they're, they're about to go into the draft process here. They're the senior bowl now. And to me, they need to go through the draft process as if they have the number one pick and they have their pick of these quarterbacks. I mean, they have to – they have to conduct themselves like a team that is drafting a quarterback. And if they do end up falling in love with one of those guys and think that that's the answer for their franchise and absolutely the next franchise quarterback of the Titans, then they, then they are in position at 11 to potentially get in, you know, get move up uh, and have the, have the ability to move up and take one of them. So, I mean, that, and that's what it's all about. I mean, to me, you start your clock as a GM, when you draft your franchise quarterback, which is what's so interesting about John Robinson's tenure because, because of course, he never got the chance to do that. Mm. Joe Rex wrote of The Athletic and 102.5 The Game with us this afternoon. And Joe, the Titans are going to artificial turf, uh, that grass field, that lovely grass field at the Coliseum that's always in such good shape by the time November rolls around is will be no more. And I guess the Vols get a chance to be the guinea pig for that with the game against Virginia what are your thoughts on the Titans getting rid of the grass yeah it's very interesting because it comes at a time when there's a lot of back and forth between the NFL Players Association and the league about grass versus turf and the players citing studies you know uh, long-term studies that show certainly there's a higher injury rate on artificial surface than grass not to mention you know just some of the anecdotal uh, testimonials from players talking about, you know, the, the difference, just next day soreness and things like that, turf versus grass. So, meanwhile, the Titans go from grass to turf at their outside field. But Mike Vrabel said, and, you know, the story, you know, Jim Wyatt wrote it for the official site, the Titans official site, and Mike Vrabel said he thought more injuries were happening because late in the season, like you said. I mean, it, it, it gets pretty barren out there. And uh, so I think it's, you know, this – surface they have is uh, the same thing that they put in their indoor this year and the players liked uh, playing that and of course there was a lot of focus on that in camp because Derrick Henry broken foot on artificial turf last year and you know, they did a lot of practicing you know when it was raining on the indoor this year and he seemed to like it and they it's an organic infill so this is supposed to be the you know the best version right now I still think you know the thing is when they get the new stadium i still think that they should do grass in the new stadium because of course you're not you're not going to worry about the weather's impact on the grass but it's more costly and that's the thing when it comes down to it for all these owners it costs them a lot less to have artificial turf as opposed to grass so uh, it's uh i feel like they've done their diligence and it'll probably be pretty good but um this is definitely one of those things as we move forward that's something to keep an eye on in this league in terms of the Players Association really pushing hard for more grass. Joe, what's the reaction been like today in Nashville to what happened to Vanderbilt last night down in Alabama, losing by 57 
101 to 44, I believe, was the final. Uh, I'm going to go back because I remember I asked you, uh, I believe this was two years ago in the second year when things were not going well, just, you know, is there any early signs of Jerry Stackhouse being on the hot seat? And you were pretty quick to say no, as I recall, and he needs time to build a program. Well, we're in year four. He's won 26% of his conference games, 42% overall. And, I mean, that's the kind of loss that is just shocking. Where is Vanderbilt at right now with that basketball program? Yeah, well, no, no doubt. And, you know, the thing is, of course, last year they they uh, had a good year. You know, you get 19 wins, you get to the NIT, what, I guess, quarterfinals. You know, it was like there was clear progress last year. But then you lose Scottie Pippen Jr., so – how do you rebound? It's, I mean, not long ago, they were looking pretty good, throttling Arkansas, and uh, you know, they go win at Georgia, the first team to win on the road at Georgia. Not a great team, but still, like, not, not bad. You know, like, look, they've kind of looked like middle-of-the-pack SEC team, but you're right. I mean, I, I mean a, a result like this uh, has got to crank the volume up a little bit on his seat, and it has to be getting warm now. Uh, at least I wouldn't call it hot yet, and it's, it's still hard to know, you know, outside reaction perception versus internal but that's an ugly loss and it's accompanied with him not playing tyron lawrence one of their best players and talking after the game about how basically i mean the way he made it sound was tyron lawrence was like smiling and happy at practice and stackhouse wants people mad after <laughs> uh, a loss i mean it's uh, so there's some tough love going on he, he has benched jordan wright a couple times Jordan Wright didn't really play in the second half the other day, but like or yesterday, but apparently that he had dizziness after running into somebody. But there's some calling out of his players, you know, sitting down of his players, and uh, it's just you know, look, I mean, some of that stuff is uh, it's a lot of stuff where if you're winning or if you've established yourself as a winning coach, it's like all right, some tough love. That's what these kids need. But when you're losing by 57, you start to ask, okay, what's going on here? Like, is he losing control of the locker room? So. Tell you what, a couple huge games at home coming up that I think are going to say a lot about what's going on there. Now, they have Ole Miss coming in Saturday. That's a team Vanderbilt should beat. That's a bad team. And then Tennessee coming in next week, which, of course, you know, look, I mean, I think the Vols are a national championship caliber team. So um, this is going to be a real test of, of Stackhouse's ability to keep the team together. And if it goes – totally the other way now then yeah I, I would not put I would not take anything off the table did he and Nate Oates have some kind of run-in on the recruiting trail or something because usually I, I was surprised that they did him like that last night because that's usually you know a game gets out of hand gets up and the league gets up in the 30s or something and coach will call off the dogs and say hey man let's work the shot clock here let's take the air out of the ball whatever get get out of here you beat somebody by 57. That's flat-out disrespectful. You know, it's funny you say that because, actually, I, I think Nate Oates might be Stackhouse's best friend in the league or awfully close to it. You know, Rick Barnes would be another one of them that he has a good relationship with. I mean, if you watch Stackhouse after they play, like, like Calipari or, or uh, Pearl, he won't even look at him. He <laughs> can't stand him, and, he, and he, he doesn't fake it. He likes Nate Oates. So it's funny because Nate Oates actually said last night of the game, he, he basically was like, I feel bad that they had to play us after our last game because, of course, they got blown up by Oklahoma. So some of it was Alabama was absolutely, you know, just seeing red uh, and just we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to pour it all out there on whoever they played. But honestly, 
I don't even think Alabama was necessarily trying to beat Vanderbilt that bad. Vanderbilt was just that bad. And mm-hmm. Stackhouse, not taking timeouts, starting a walk-on, playing a walk-on nine minutes who hadn't played at all. Like, he basically, he kind of punted the game, I guess, maybe to, to, to send a message. I don't know. But, no, I think it's really a lot more about Vanderbilt's ineptitude than anything Bama wanted to, you know, to, to uh, do to them, I guess. Talking with Joe Rexrode of The Athletic and 102.5 The Game in Nashville on your Big Orange Phillies phone lines. And, Joe, Tennessee plays at Florida right now. Obviously, things going really well for Rick Barnes and company up to number two in the polls. Um, a lot of talk about a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Do you think that Tennessee is worthy of a one seed at this point? Uh, what do they have to do to wrap that up here down the stretch? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think Tennessee could be the number one overall seed, depending on how things shake out. I mean, that Texas win is another really good one. The Kansas win, obviously, on a neutral site is massive. Um, the profile, if, if they, well, it's, the Alabama game is, is, of course, critical. You beat Alabama on, I think, February 15th. You you have, I, I think you have the best resume in college basketball. So, now, you know, we'll see. Could you have a couple bad losses? You know, do you have a bad loss in the SEC tournament or something like that? Then that could change it. But at this point, I'd be surprised if Tennessee is not a one seed. And like I said earlier, uh, Russell, look, I understand the, the Rick Barnes trepidation, and it's all fair. Um, you know, you, you know, he's had too many teams that should have done things in the NCAA tournament that didn't. But um, I, I think this team is good enough to win the whole thing. I really do. Um, they got to keep going inside. They got to not have one of those games where they go three for twenty-two from three, and that's why they lose. Uh, but this is a this is a one of the best defensive uh, teams uh, by the by the stats uh, of, of modern times of this uh, millennium. So that can take you a long way. If they go to the Final Four, obviously, a season is a resounding success. That would be the most successful season in the history of Tennessee basketball because they've never been before. But uh, falling short of that, like what? If you go to the Elite Eight, is, is you know should Tennessee fans be happy with that? If if they're a one seed, um, Sweet Sixteen, like where where do you put sort of the the line to gain for this basketball team right now? No, I mean, I mean look, if they're a one seed, then no, you shouldn't be happy with the Elite Eight. You know, it's funny. I covered the the Tennessee's one Elite Eight game all time because I covered Michigan State at the time, and that's a game Tennessee by yeah, as you remember. Uh, easily could have won that game. Um, no, I mean if you if you're a one seed, then you shouldn't be happy with an elite eight. It should be, um, you know, it should be a final four team. You 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 have a better profile than everybody else in your region, and so I think that's the standard. And uh, you know, look, that team, the Grant Williams team, was a great team. Uh, that was a two seed, right? Yeah, two seed gets to the Sweet Sixteen. Just an incredible, crazy loss to Purdue, um, and that was tough. Uh, you know, but but that's still. That team kind of faded a little bit down the stretch and wasn't nearly as good defensively as the previous team, which, of course, lost to Loyola. This is, I think, potentially the best team Tennessee's had under Rick Barnes. I will say that I think last year's team at its best, I'd like to see last year's team at its best against this team because of Kennedy Chandler, but I feel like the development of the bigs, and Kamwa, you know, I mean, he's got to be a a key guy for them uh, down the stretch and in the postseason. I think this this should be the best team. This should be, yeah, a Final Four team. And the thing is, you mentioned Purdue. That's the game as a college basketball fan, Russell, that I'm just desperate to see because 
Zach Eady, who's like eight feet tall and really good, is uh, I think Tennessee is the one team that has the bigs to throw at him, including you know some fouls to throw at him, yeah. to to you know to have a chance to to beat that team in the tournament. But if they play, it probably it would probably have to be in the final four. Urosh, man, give me five hard fouls. That's all. That's all we want out of, out of the big Serb. It's all I want. Talk anyway. A little trash. Yeah, there you go, Joe. Uh, appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks for jumping on. As always, have a great rest of your Wednesday afternoon. All right. Thanks for having me, Russell. Yeah, man. Joe Rex Road. You can listen to him weekday mornings, one hundred two five. The game in Nashville. Of course, read his work online at the Athletic. He appears as all fan run guests do on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. They'll have. Tennessee basketball on tonight. We're a 7 p.m. tip, right? I I didn't. I thought you were going to look it up. <laughs> Trained to... radio professionals at work here, ladies and gentlemen. We Do not try this at home. 7 p.m. 7, yeah. 7 p.m. tip. Big Orange Phillies. You get down there like, I mean, here's the play is you get there like 6.30, right? So you get your order in, and they're bringing it out the – basket of wings that fresh philly cheesesteak it's a ball give us up yeah you, you, you've already got a beer or two in you you pre-gaming a little bit and uh then you're ready to eat watch the vols at big orange philly 66 25 maynardville pike in halls get it delivered via grubhub check out the full menu online at bigorangephillies.com we'll take a quick break we'll come right back with your phone calls up next right here on fan run radio Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Joe Rex wrote of The Athletic. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, where he was talking about, like, it's within Tennessee's power. We control our own destiny. We could be uh, the number one overall seed. I think we'd have to win out, including the, probably the, the tournament. But Call me a hater. I just don't see that happening. Oh, no. Especially not when you saw the – the mental gymnastics uh, feet, that, that cutting edge mind of, of who's good in basketball, Joe Lenardi. Well, I don't – I mean, no, I, I think if, if they win out, I think that Lunardi – I think we, you would be a lock unless Purdue wins out too. I, I think Tennessee would – they would definitely be a one seed and very well could be the number one overall seed. I just don't think they're going to win out. Oh, no, I don't either. Hope I'm wrong, but I just see a toe stub or two. I mean, I was somebody, uh, Tennessee basketball put out the February schedule, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a gauntlet. It, it, it's stout. We kind of ease into it with what do we got? Florida. And who do we have this Saturday? Auburn. Auburn. Auburn's going to be a tough test. And then we've got Vanderbilt and Mizzou the next week, and then it gets real. You know what you do. One game at a time. That's what they did when they went on that run last year. They just very methodically went about, you know, just their business. That's all you can do. What? What? Were we on a big win streak going into the tournament? Well, hell yeah, we just come off the. No, I'm talking about the SEC tournament. Were they on a big win streak going into the conference tournament? I want to say it was our last loss to Arkansas in Fayetteville. 
sounds about right. Because I know the last regular season game was beating Arkansas here in Knoxville. Yeah. Oh, that was a great game that day. What a fun day that was. Those hog fans back in their place. Let's go to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Martin is next. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, Russell. What's up? Russell, did the did that quarterback sign with his day at preferred walk on? Uh yeah, he did. Ryan Dameron. Yeah. Brian Dam Ryan Dameron's his name. Yes, sir. And uh, did we get any more signings? I, I'll be perfectly honest with you, Martin. I haven't been following it. And I, I know that's crazy because it's National Signing Day, but I just don't, I don't keep up with the the walk-on stuff too much. And um, hopefully, hopefully we won't be in a position of needing to actually play those guys, you know? Yeah, but what I'm hearing is he may be our third-string quarterback because he had uh, – Two good offers. He had Middle Tennessee State and Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. I I think that he's going to be in there with – I always forget the who, – who's the guy from Gaston UCF? Gaston Moore. Gaston and, Moore, yeah. And Navy Schuler. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to have a pretty good battle there for that third spot. And, again, hopefully we don't get down to needing to actually have the third quarterback ready to play. But – I mean, we've talked about it before, Martin. It's just going to be almost impossible to get another scholarship-worthy quarterback to come in here and ride the pine behind both Joe Milton and Nico. Who are they going after the 24 class besides, besides the kid out of Georgia? I mean, I, I don't have a ton of names for you. I know the – there's a kid from Rock Hill, I believe, who's one of the – is it Jaden Davis, I think, is the top quarterback prospect in the country or one of them. And then you're talking about, I think, is uh, Merklinger or, or something like that down there in Savannah. Yes, Jake. Yeah. I mean, that's just – again, <laughs> you're going to come in here knowing that Nico is probably going to be the guy for at least two years. He, you might be able to convince somebody, hey, come in here and, and learn behind this – generational talent for two years and then start your junior year but most of these hot shot quarterback prospects now want to play right away yes and i'm still hearing good things on chad uh, nimron yeah i think he's going to be a good one leacock um caleb webb i think they got some good receivers in the pipeline and, and you told me it was russell you said if you're a receiver and don't want to play for Tennessee right now, you're crazy. Yep. It's it's a hard gig to get. There's really only three spots, but if you can get one of them, chances are you're going to be putting up big numbers and headed to the league. Ain't that something, Russell? It's pretty awesome, Martin. Not going to lie. That's big time, ain't it? Hey, Boy, no, two out of three receivers know they got a chance of going in the NFL. It's what they used to call us, Martin, wide receiver you. We're bringing it yep. back. Bringing it back. Yep. And Russell? Martin. Who are we going after for running back in the 24 class? Oh, man. Um, going after a couple of guys, I know they had a player from Ohio in this weekend. 
who was a highly touted running back, um, but he's going to be tough to pull from from those elite well, schools up what there. What I'm hearing is they're going to use Cam Seldon as a running back. Yeah. yeah. We talked about this on the show yesterday, Martin. I don't know if you heard, but running back has become a de-emphasized position throughout football. Like Even in the NFL, you've got Derrick Henry is like the only star player. I know there are other good running backs. In the, you know, you got Kamara, you've got um, you know Eckler, um, whoever's playing for the Chiefs. Like you, you got some good players there. But to me, Derrick Henry is the only like bell cow running back star. You just don't see it much anymore. And I think the college game is kind of trending the same way. I, I think that Josh Heupel's offense is always going to have two or three running backs that just sort of rotate and it would be nice to have another Camara or a, some you know star player out there but those guys are so few are and com- far between you are comparing Seldon to their com- Kamara and the, and the running back from 49ers oh, there's pr- pretty good ones I mean if he's that good he'll go to the top of the depth chart pretty quickly I would imagine I like to see it Russell yeah I appreciate you, Russell. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, Martin. Bye. So I did uh, did some research. Arkansas. We was, do our research. Have you done your research? Prior to that Arkansas game, we had been on a five game winning streak. And we went down there, had some rough calls that went went against us. I mean, that kid from Arkansas was incredible at drawing charges last year. And then we finished the season until we played Michigan. We won. We were eight and zero on an eight game streak when we hit. Met up with Michigan. Rex Rhodes, right, man. Last year was such a missed opportunity. Oh, yeah. I think last year may have been a bigger missed opportunity than the, the Grand, Grand Admiral. Year. That's yeah. a hot take for you. I, I mean. Set off the sirens. But you don't have a point guard like that very often. No. Not here we haven't. No. And I love Zakai. I'd follow him to the gates of hell. Yeah. But. I mean, Kenny Chandler was something else, man. He had, he had another gear. He had another something. Yeah. Like, that's just – we we haven't had a player like that. Well, no. I mean, he got – I mean, he got taken in the second round, but he's like one of the only guys to ever get taken in the second round actually get a guaranteed contract. Could you imagine? And he's getting some decent time in the NBA. He, get, he got taken in the second round because he's not two or three inches taller, taller. which doesn't matter in the college game. We huh. haven't had a player like that, man. Could you imagine if he had decided to stay for one more year? The team that, like, because really, yeah. like, to me, this defensive team was way better than last year's. And you add that offensive prowess that Chandler had. How much better would, I mean, we all we all talk about what he did on the offensive end, but the way I remember Kennedy, he's pretty hellacious on defense as well. I mean, he'd probably be up for the Naismith award right now i think nah, we I can't saw. do that to ourselves yeah sure we can i love I, living in a fantasy world well think about how good this team is and i saw where they released the final 15 for the naismith award this year mm. and tennessee doesn't have anybody on it that's strange because if you look at all these analytics metrics rankings ratings everything like tennessee's got the far and away more players than any other school in the top 25s of these but the, it's it's like the go-to guy conversation the fact that we don't have anybody averaging over 12 we've got 
We've got like seven really good players. Yeah, but going by the we don't have a superstar. We just don't. But going by the the Aaron Torres uh, theory, I feel like that lends itself better to having more multiple ways to win a tournament game in March. Oh, I'm not complaining. Than it does if you've got because yeah. we've had plenty of times where we've had that go to guy over the years going all the way back to uh, um, hell you can go all the way back to Tony White, Allen Houston, Bernard King didn't win a tournament game, Tony Harris, Matt you want the truth why we got why we went home early on those years, Tony would have a bad game, nobody else mm. could make up for it this year I feel like. We've got guys all over the team and all over the in the rotations that can make up those points. Well, and that's the thing about Kennedy Chandler last year is it's not even one bad game. It's like ten bad minutes. Because remember, you go back and I, I haven't gone back and watched it. I just remember there was a point in the second half of that Michigan game, game where he took over. Yeah, and he was and he got he was just getting buckets, and I think we we edged out to. Maybe a six or seven point lead at one point, and it felt like if he, if he just could just sunk. There was a three ball that he missed. You, you felt like it was about to break open. Yeah, and then credit Michigan, they made I don't know what they they made some sort of adjustment, and all of a sudden he couldn't drive, and we couldn't hit threes, and we're going home. Just want to do a little bit of uh, comparison. Could this be the 1998 type season? We missed out. Oh. It was a missed opportunity in '97. Oh. Missed opportunity, oh, Marcus. I don't even want to jinx him yet, dude. We, but can, uh, the reason I bring this up is because in 1998 I, we have a different quarterback I coming. Smell in. what you're cooking. Yeah, I do too. Replacing did, a really good player. Everybody thinks we're going to take a step back. Not, not a right lot there. of star power. Just a blue collar work ethic kind and of mentality. All of a sudden, we just take it right off. We'll see. Make Adam Hickman and all the other Barnes bashers eat their words. Oh, he's not a Hickman. Don't don't get a tweet. He ain't a Barnes basher. Uh, he's, he's had a, his he's moments. A, he's had his moments. Don't act a, like he no, hasn't. No, he's a ZZ basher. Well, yeah, he is that. No, too. he's a Barnes basher, but he's just like he's taking this weird tangent <laughs> that nobody really knows. It's like when Andy Kaufman went wrestling and his Hollywood well, buddies yeah, were could... trying to pull him back in. It's like, what are you doing, man? And he's just, he's out there. There's no pulling him back. He's gone too far. He flew too high. He's gone. Can't get him back. Because this all, Marcus, this originated with me and you on a day. It was when Russell was sick. Yes. He came in here, and I think it, Marcus, I kind of feel like it started off as a joke. He's just just trying trying to wind you up. He was just trying to wind me and Marcus up. Because you were in a good mood. You were feeling like. I was I was in a pleasant mood. It was like three minutes to three. Me and Marcus gonna do a show, Georgia week I think or something. And, and here comes Adam Hickman. <laughs> and he just thought it would be funny, but just to continually double and triple down on it, Russ. Do we want to? I, sad, you you have to like this comparison that I've not good. I check back with me in March. Deal. Check back with me in March. I I like the comparison. I want to believe in the comparison. Just got to see more. Got to see more. Stay with us. Hour number two of the drive coming up. Marcus will have your top four at four. Big news from the world of the NFL and whatever else is going on in the sports world. Marcus will have it for you. Coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. Stay with us. <laughs> 